Hello and welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblet. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques, and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblet. Hello and welcome to Bossit Podcast. I think we're now up to episode 11. Did you ever think we'd get there, Michael, when we first Amazing, started? amazing. <laughs> it, takes, yeah. it takes some effort, doesn't it? When we first started this and we weren't too sure, we thought we'd just sort of go out there and, and start recording these podcasts and, and see how it, how it worked. Um, but we're out at number 11 and I think we'll continue going. Yeah, it's all about production and speed, Mark. It is, yes. And being able to do it, as we've found out from anywhere in the world where we might be at the time, yeah. isn't the internet yeah. a wonderful thing when you can do that? Yeah, I haven't done what I think I've done one in my home office and all the rest is like today. I'm in a, in a Corda campus, which is a place in Belgium called Hasselt, which is again a co-working place. So I'm sitting somewhere in the corner talking to this big big microphone because that's the only thing i take along <laughs> no chickens any animals there as before no it's uh, all it's startups and scale-ups and some really 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 weird looking people that think what is this guy doing with with his big ball microphone <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's quite cool looking though you'll be yeah. right okay. interesting you say about startups because um I know that you've you've had quite a lot of dealings with startups over the recent years, and um, one of the things that I see them struggle with is in those fir- first sort of early months, is establishing a foothold. They need yeah. to gain credibility because there trust. are some. Yeah, trust. it's about it's about trust, isn't it? Because yeah. I think a lot of these younger, very innovative entrepreneurial companies, I think there's some good potential there. And when they get it right, wow, you know, software tech yeah. can really explode. You know, as we've said before, that when you look at these unicorn companies. But one of the questions that always comes up is about references. Because yeah. they're new, they're small, they're it's a young business. People, they want to maybe put trust in them, but they, they want to reduce their risk as well. What, yeah. do you, what, are your, what would be your advice to a startup company? In, in putting in place those references? So so two things. Uh, one, it's trust. We're going to go back immediately to that. And number two actually is being where the attention of your potential customers is. And that's where most of the startups go wrong. They stay within their own ecosystem or they, they, they're just not there where their potential customers could be. Now, let's... That's for another episode. So let's go back to the whole trusting. And the biggest trust that can work is number one, social proofs. I'm always saying put on your website other people talking about you, put pictures of faces, put a lot of things so so there is social proof. On the other hand is a lot of companies when they look at you for the first time is they have no real clue if it would work at all or what the, the – so I just had three sessions with three startups and one of them was actually a pretty big scale-up. And they have no, they, they all got stuck on this use case part. So what I told them is that they should m- make a use case. Even if they do not have a customer yet, you can make a use case. You just calculate how much would it bring 
Right? It's either revenue up or cost down, or ideally both of them. And then you basically say, this is the context, this is the impact, and that is a solution that we can offer you. And make it look nice on a one-pager. Don't do it in 10 slides, do it on one page, and you talk to the customer and you show it. Show it because that is making the intangible, which is your software or your service, it makes it tangible. And everybody wants to know what the use case means because it's the use case that will go okay. to the board to get approval. Yeah. A few, I've been jotting down a few points there. Um, I yep. think I understand what you mean, but you're saying about establishing the trust. Um, you said about using images. What, why should they use images? What's the importance of that? And how, what, how, what do you mean by use images? So, so hang on. Images, I mean uh, faces. People buy from people. People buy from people who believe. So if you use a face, then it's more trustworthy than a picture of a product. Okay. You, you see yep. the Face could actually even make a small statement, even if yes. they're not your customers yet. Huh? It's not important that oh, people always think I need to have this big name with a face. No, it could be just faces of people. If you look to, for instance, leadpages.net, who sell in essence uh, a software where you can make landing pages, the whole page, the whole landing page is littered with faces of people. Actually, that's an interesting point because I think there's a psychological aspect to that as well, is that I know. Even as newborn babies, when we're first born, we have this innateness that we, we look towards faces. Yeah. So you, you could be right. Yeah, I can understand that. And I think also, yes, as opposed to the sort of the Miss, Mr. Pittman of Bradford says, yeah. you know, those sort yeah. of things that do look very phony. Actually, yeah. I've got, I, I, I have a funny story about that. I know many years ago, I knew somebody who wanted, was starting out as a professional photographer and they created this website and they had their references and they'd put all this list of references and everybody that knew this particular lady said, you've just written those yourself, haven't you? And she said, no, 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 I haven't. <laughs> and, she's, and they said, yes, you have. No, no, I absolutely haven't. Well, how comes you've spelt the same word wrong? in most of those references. Oh, <laughs> and then she said, oh, I did. I did, actually. I did. Yeah. I did make those up. <laughs> so it's, I think it's got to be credible. It's got to be genuine. You can't so, just make this stuff up. A small, but, a small trick to be genuine, and it's a small, but it's a very important trick. I say to everybody, don't use stock pictures. Oh, Make yes. your own. Yes. Because it's funny how... I hate people, stock pictures. Yeah. I hate them. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I go on your Flickr account, Mark, and I start stealing your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that reminds me. Send invoice to Michael yeah, Humlet. Yeah, Michael. thanks. Yeah. yeah, just give me some discount. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, also, what I mean with faces is take real faces, not these classic fake. You know, yes. I'm talking to a guy who was selling sales software, sales enablement software, and he had all these pictures of this. You know, these. BMW car sales guy on it said, "Don't do it. Those are not real salespeople. I mean, well, they, you need to see." Right? Have you seen the, the images that they take at these stuff where you have an office and it's yeah, always a exactly. group, a group of multicultural people all crowded round together with sort of their hands on each other's shoulders, smiling at a computer. Yeah, I yeah. detest that. <laughs> well, that's one of my know, first qualifications. Yeah. Actually, is when yeah, I'm looking yeah, to yeah. see if I want to engage with a client. I have a look on their website. If they've got any of those images, I say, no, I just can't deal with these sort of people. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Then the other I, thing is that if you, 
if you if just continuing this thread of thought, eh? so if yes. you then say, okay, I need to put some social proof, but you don't have any customers yet or not enough, what you could do is say compatible with. That works really well. And you just put some big names there. That works. I've seen that several times. You could also sh- say featured by, and then you put some, some, um, some, um, I don't know, some uh, magazines for in some, most of these startups. Oh, I have, see. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Where you've managed to get some PR magazines. Yeah. Yeah. So, for instance, where you've been featured. So all, yeah. It's all the same kind of concept. And then uh, what you, what else I'm just thinking. Yeah. And if you have to show brands and logos, be careful, make them all white or, Make a uniform color so you never have this endless debate of exact color is not matching to whatever brand criteria. Yes. <laughs> so you do it that way. And yeah, then if you put so some, some of these uh, startups get funded by a lot of companies. And then I say, don't say funded by or supported by, say trusted by. Yes. Yes. I think I, I, I you know, the, the way you are your about... customers actually, that's stronger. Where you were saying, um, use case um yeah i think for a software development company which is you know who we're talking to here um they should have even if it's not customers they should have the beta sites because in developing their product they have to be really close to their customer i yeah, would, but, i would be yeah, a bit but, concerned if they were developing this in isolation without yeah, getting feedback from customers but, but mark you would be amazed even larger companies that would buy from these companies or invest they don't want their brand or logo on those websites. I've I've seen it so many times, and it's it for me. It's really, 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 really. But surely really that's scary. the trade-off, isn't it? Because they're going to be developing something at minimal, or they're providing something at minimal cost. Yeah. And in exchange, yeah. you're going to be saying to these people, "Okay, well, we we can do a deal here, but I need to have, be able to yeah. use you as a as a case study." I. I understand, and you're right. The problem is sometimes you have to wait six months for that. So I'm, I'm all the stuff I'm saying is actually right. ways to shortcut, ways to yes. hack your leads, eh? lead yes. hacking, or whatever you want to do. Is okay. just move faster, and you need to move faster because anybody looking at the site it needs to have this impact of social proof. And if it doesn't, you're done. You're dead. Yeah. No, I like, I like, I think that, yeah. I think that's good, and I know that that's sort of a, a main philosophy of you is 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 get it done, move quickly, move on. Yeah. And and I think yeah. from a sales perspective, that that's good. Very action orientated. Yeah. Some what, be frustrated. Yeah. One word of warning: there are some brands that you cannot mess with. Uh, for instance, uh, don't uh, don't ever put SAP on your website because they will hunt <laughs> down. Whoever you are, wherever you are, <laughs> they will just hunt telling, you down and kill you. Yes. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! So there are some brands you just don't want to, don't not want to mess with, right? Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So what? What? What about just linking to that? What about once they've made those first few sales? What yeah. about referrals? I mean, that's something that's been a, a sort of a mainstay in traditional sales of, for all industries. I don't so, actually see it. I, my my experience, and may, maybe I've missed something here. I find that there's a lot of people in the software industry that don't really leverage the opportunity for, for referrals. I think they're afraid to ask. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I also think that a lot of the buyers are actually evil because they they I've seen that many times. They will say, "Yeah, if you wanna you want my referral, you first need to finish." 
the project or you first need to do this or that. So sometimes when a project takes six six months, you're in trouble, right? Okay. So you have to be careful with referrals. I also think that referrals is the ultimate. If other people talk about you, it's 10 times stronger. So everything I do, everything I teach is always saying, you need to find a way to get other people talking about you. If this podcast, for instance, Mark, is being picked up by somebody and they post about it, it's going to be 10 times stronger than you and I post about it. It's the same concept. So you yes. need to find ways. And actually, what I do is, in a lot of the marketing material, and a lot of the material I'll start producing or helping them with, it's always about how do you get other people to take the next step? How can they take a picture of it? Can you remove all the friction of doing that? And then you're really winning because that's exponential viral type of marketing. So referrals? Yes, yes absolutely. But there will be some resistance in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. And and just you, you mentioned about podcast. And since we're on a podcast, um, what are your thoughts about creating podcasts? Um, I so, so there has been a lot of the last years. There has been a lot of noise around. Uh, let's say social first. So people were posting pictures and jokes, and then now you had a lot of years about video first. Yes. And now you see a big change, especially in the U.S., and it's starting to, to, to come, come over here. It's, it's audio first. Because of the rise of Amazon Echo, Google Home, all of these uh, assistants at home, yes. voice is very natural. By the way, I have one of these Amazon things at home, and my kids really love this thing. They, yes. they're, they're, they're native Dutch, Flemish actually, but they speak in English. Alexa, what's the weather? And it's ridiculous. And they tell jokes and stories. And I'm listening and I'm thinking, oh, boy, if we do our podcast, we need to learn how to be on that device, right? Yes, absolutely. I think it's going to be important for people to – and also when I do video, you always are aware of your own body. And I get very tired after a while. You don't see it in the video, but I really get tired after a while. I don't have that with podcasts because it's a more natural flow of communication. I think I think also it um, it relates back to um, newsletters because that's something that we started. I think we were doing electronic newsletters um, yeah, in the software it. industry back in yeah. 1999. Yeah, um, and people would actually read it because email was the medium then. Everybody would read his emails. Now, how many emails do you get, Mark? Oh, um, 200 a day, 250 yeah. a day. So, I mean, a lot so, of that's filtered out now, fortunately. Yeah, yeah. So, but for instance, that's why I believe in LinkedIn. I thought, how many emails do you get on LinkedIn a day? Mm, six. Voila. So you will read all. If yes. there's something there, you're going to read it. So yeah. it's all about attention. That's what I said in the beginning. I said it's all about attention. Yeah. And, and so I think there are not too many podcasts. I think, I think there's still a lot of room, and I think we need to learn the master the skills so we can bring the newsletter in some in another type of form or whatever. But, yes, yeah, but absolutely. It's and, and I think, and, I think we've yeah. both started this with the attitude that um, we did a little bit of research, but we're not experts in the area of podcasts. And I think we started the first one to say, let's try it. We, worked, we, we did some research to find out that actually half an hour is about the right length. That's the most popular length for a podcast because it tends to be um, roughly the average person's commute. And also if they go to a gym and they put it down onto an iPod or some mobile device, they can listen to it while they're working out. And if, you know, we're our, our, this podcast is aimed at senior executives and senior executives 
are typically very, very busy. So it's a very time efficient way to be able to get through to them and, and get, you know, and, and communicate. And I think also one of the things that I, we found with newsletters is it's it's quite time consuming to sit down and create a newsletter with enough meaningful and interesting content. That's lots yeah. and lots of work. So something I learned because I also do newsletters and I think they are very valuable if you do it the right way. But I tend to write long ones with lots of things in there. And I realized that all the people, when they click, they always click on the first kind of link. So the first story was links documenting something, showing something. So I think my next newsletter is going to be something dramatically different. It's going to look like a normal email with a bit of text with just one link. And I think if you send those every two weeks instead of once a month a big monolithical thing which nobody reads everything, which is a lot of work, Yes, I actually believe that that approach might work. Smaller, yes. one or two key things and all the rest, you can't digest more. Why would you do more? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that there's lots of different personality types and I know that I mean, we've, we've been doing the newsletter for years and years and we meet people who they say to us, oh, we get your newsletter. I don't read it all the time, um, but every two or three months I'll, I'll dip into it. Other people say, oh, it's great because it's giving, keeping me up to date on the industry news. I think it's the best, best in the industry. Um, others who say, oh, yes, you're the guys who produce that newsletter. I don't really read it, but I'm aware that you produce it, that sort of thing. So it does vary. But I think the, the big benefit of podcast is that also people, we want people to get to know us. They want to get a feel for you as an individual and yeah. also the company as well. Sure. And I sure. think that there are, there are lots of other things that they can pick up. You know, somebody can, they can read something that you've written and they will get obviously a certain preconception about who you are, about the style and the tone and vocabulary and how, even how you construct your sentences but it's not quite the same as to actually listening to somebody for half an hour the the i, I was um uh, yesterday there was a growth hacker that was speaking just before me yeah. i had to do some uh, this week i i think i spoke to 600 people i just had speaking slots one after the other and this guy was talking about newsletters and suddenly he said you know there is a tool called lumen5.com and what that thing does is you, you log in, you just give it the URL of your newsletter or you, or you copy paste it in there and it makes a movie out of it completely automatically. So it picks pictures based on the words. It's <laughs> and I was watching and I tried it while he was talking and I'm thinking, oh, wow. So then you have both, right? You can have the little movie that you post, you have the then. And because I like to digest movies, I don't like to read too much in a newsletter. I like books, but not... <laughs> in a digital format and I'm thinking good God so Mark we should try it what was lumin5.com lumin5 L-U-M-I-N what we'll do is we'll put it below the podcast so our, our okay. listeners actually have a try I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not making any money on this it's just something I found no. and thought this no, is good that's uh, interesting yeah I, I, yeah I can I could see how that works I've seen um, with uh, some YouTube videos that where you've got a, an automated voice where I think that they've just given the uh, software some plain text yeah. and then you yeah. get this yeah. automated voice. I've listened to a few of those. That 
that didn't really engage with me. Now, I should try this one. It's like listening to a very inarticulate robot. It, it was it was a bit so, boring. It, I want to I want to I want if you don't mind, I want to quickly come back to the referrals. Yes, kind of thing. go for it. Because for me also, this all fits into one big bucket, mm. which is how do you how do you get to those some of these customers? And I, I always have to think of this story. I met um, the CEO of a company called Sentience, yeah. and um, he told me I was showing him cold emails and cold cold scripts and all that. And he looked at me and he says, "Michael, none of this would work with me." And I said, "But what would work with you?" And he said, "Well, if somebody that I know." would tell me, uh, hey, you need to talk to these guys. And I said, okay, so that, that makes a lot of sense. So, But he's been selling to some very large companies. I can't mention them, but really, like, really, really famous companies. And I said, okay, so how did you get to these guys? And he said, well, it's simple. I spent half an hour, he's the CEO, I spent half an hour every day trying to figure out on LinkedIn, who do I know that can get me to the CEO of Let's let's say a Tesla, you know, something like that. Yes. And then he spends his time writing them short messages. Hey, long time ago, could you introduce me? And he says, let's say I send 10 of these messages a day. At least one of them actually connects me. <laughs> and he says that's his way of, and, and he actually gets through to all these big guys. So that's his way of doing it. And it's been stuck in my brain like, if you really want to get to the exact game next to having a good product, next to having a good story, that is actually the way to do it. Spend some time. So next to all the marketing stuff, but do spend as a founder, as a CEO, as an exec, do spend some time a day trying to get to the really hard, difficult to reach sort of, It's a sort of an internet networking, quite yeah. a focused approach. It's, it's the next version of a referral type of thing because if yes. a guy that I know tells, that's actually the referral. And I would actually, I'm just thinking about, I would, if somebody does it to me, I would actually either help them, that means I trust them, or if I get a referral, I will phone up and say, hey, interesting. Well, By the way, Mark, how do you do your business? It's almost like that if you think about it. I think at least, difficult to say over the years, I would say probably 50% is, is by recommendation that yeah. we get. Um, and then there's also a certain percentage of, of people that they either are aware of aware of us because we you know we specialize within the software tech so you know we we send out the newsletter we do videos and things and they 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 get aware of us over a period yep. of time and quite often we 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 will bump into people we will have meetings with them and you establish a relationship yeah and it can be years later that that somebody comes back to you i mean a case um, example came up today actually um company contacted us and we did business with them 14 years ago. In fact, we'd forgotten about it. It was only when we started to um, just do a, do a search, we started to see email exchanges and we realized they'd been a previous customer. Um, <laughs> it, it happens. I mean, fortunately, we do get some repeat business, even though you would think um, that wouldn't happen so much with an M&A company. But we, ha we have started to see that because there are larger organizations that they may divest parts of their business many times. Obviously, companies making acquisitions, and sometimes what what I like to see now actually is I think for the small and medium size software entrepreneurs is where they are very very skilled, lots of energy enthusiasm is they can take an idea and, and create something of value, build it to a certain size, 
and then look to pass it on to another organization with much bigger resources and networks and so on. And then they go and do it again. I must admit, I, I, I like the idea of being able to work with some really good software entrepreneurs on a sort of a more of a long-term basis. You get to know them. They get to know us the way we like to work because we are different. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. about, tr- you know, trust and knowing people, isn't it, again? Which yeah, is where trust. we started this, isn't it? Yeah. Referral is a way of getting trust and then it's, it's attention and mixing yeah. both. It's it's the key. Yeah. See, we, we, we complete circle, Mark. Yeah. Uh, we're doing well um, today. Exactly, yeah. There's a couple of things <laughs> that I wanted to bring up from the, that uh, came up this week for me. Um, one of the things that uh, I did earlier on this week was having a workshop with one of our newer clients. And um, it was actually the second in what we call our spoke sessions. So as you move around the wheel, it's just working yeah. with them. And I, I sort of, it would reconvinced me the power of asking really good questions. Yeah, I remember, I remember hearing somewhere, and I think it might, it might even been Tony Robbins. You know, the, the, the power of an answer is asking in, in really good questions, spending time and thinking about the questions. It's, um, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Question um, is, the, is the, yeah. It stimulates your thinking, doesn't it? And, and I, I was sort of, I took that one stage further and, and asking really big questions. Um, you know, what like would, what? Yeah. what, what, we were talking about um, typical customer profiles. Who is your customer? Who is, who is the, the target market you're aiming at? And and we what we were doing there is we were looking at their more profitable existing customers. And then I thought of asking it slightly different way, and we got a different answer, which was, what would your perfect customer be look like? Ignore who yeah, you've had in the, the past. Yeah, yeah, re- but really yeah. perfect, and, and, you know, ultimate. And actually, the, the the answer that they came back with was really quite interesting which was actually it wouldn't be the end user for us. It would be the SharePoint consultant because they have access to many, many customers. And I said, in order for you to yep. be able to do yep. that, what would you then do? And, and it, it, it started us off on a channel of thinking in actually putting something of value together. They obviously sell software. That's where the area we focus but actually the thing of value that they can provide to those SharePoint consultants is, is a package that enables those consultants to make money by, by creating referrals or selling their software. And that involves understanding the value that this software brings, but also understanding the best way to sell it. And yeah. we started about thinking about putting a course together and giving certain people access to that course, all of those things. And, and it was just quite interesting how one question can just change the direction of your thinking. And hopefully, and I think it did, I think it brought some value. Absolutely. How, what's the, the guy's called again that does this podcast with so many, many listeners? Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss. He's actually yes. the guy with the, all the questions. And he, he, they asked him a question at a certain and he said, I actually have a very boring day. I spent my whole day about just one thing. What is the one domino I need to push to make all the rest fall? That's actually the you ask the right question for to get to the domino. Yes, that's actually that's that's a good question to ask each other, isn't it? So maybe you from a sales perspective and me from an M and A, and I don't know what the answer is yet. 
Um, no, me neither. I've been thinking about it ever since I've heard it. I thought, damn, that's a good one. Okay, if you've got you've got a a sales force, and um, they're they're experienced salespeople, you've got a new product for them to launch. What's the one domino that you would want to knock over? The value prop. If you get the value prop really, really right, it pulls everything else. How do you know when it's right? You know, you know it when, when just the reaction of people. It's not only the reaction that they are, they like it. It's also that there is an action. You need the action. The action of buying or doing, getting, getting. If they start pulling at you, then you're there. Most sales get. People get excited, but then it stops. See, yes. it's a mix of the, the value prop needs to be actionable or the sales narrative needs to be actionable by them, not by you, but by them. So it needs to motivate them from within. And that's, that's you've nailed it. But it's really tough to get there. Yes. It, it, quite often, uh, and again, again, just an hour ago, we were talking about that Mark Twain quote about um, sorry for the length of this letter, but I didn't have time to write you a short letter. And yeah. It's similar. It's similar. This is actually, the value proposition is going to be quite short, but it's going to take you probably quite a long time. And don't underestimate the amount of thinking that goes into that to create that in a very engaging and easily understood. Did you hear that? The software world, make it easily understood. I, I think I, I think I'm going to have that tattooed on me somewhere, actually, because so many companies I come across in the software industry, because they're engineers, they want to talk in acronyms and techie talk. It True. amazes me. And even the salespeople get pulled into it. But that's a so really what, good one. So, Mark, what would it be for you in an M&A context? So for a company that's looking to sell? Yeah. I think that they need to educate themselves. I know by the questions that I'm often asked, and especially when we're in a competitive position where they're, they're talking to, I've, I've been in situations where they're, they're talking to 10 or more different M&A companies, that the questions that they're asking me are the wrong questions. And they're going to end up probably with the wrong M&A company. And yeah. they don't know enough about the M&A process and the industry to be able to make a judgment. That, that you know, if, if I was advising, you know, if my brother had a software business, but I wasn't in M&A anymore, that's what I'd say to him is educate yourself about what really goes on because you would be amazed. And if you don't know enough about that industry, you won't be asking the right questions. And that yeah. happens more than you think <laughs> it really does it's amazing it's an interesting one do you know perfect how long we've been talking 30 minutes and 17 seconds perfect uh, really good i actually you you can't imagine but i'm sitting in this um in the corner and i have a, a queue of people waiting <laughs> <laughs> so i'm thinking okay i'm thinking the brand uh, personal branding on the movies is kind of working but uh, so i need to get going mark so it was a pleasure talking to you as and always you. yeah no that's great and like we'd like to thank uh, all our listeners welcome any questions or comments you may have this is the boss it podcast unlocking the software industry one conversation at a time by michael humblet and mark edwards if you've enjoyed this episode please subscribe like comment and share thank you and goodbye and thank you to michael goodbye Thank you, Mark. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.